Monday, June 27th, 2022. Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it is Monday. But, you know, that's really not so bad. It all depends on your perspective. Uh, It's another day, right? Some of us are thankful for each one. Um, You know, I'm also hopeful for rain. Um, I haven't looked out yet, but it's supposed to rain. And uh, you know how I can tell that we need rain? Because the grass dies over top of my septic tanks. just turns brown. That is the indicator that, you know, that the water is star or, or the water, the grass is starved for moisture. I don't know why. I guess the septic tanks aren't buried deep enough. You know, they're concrete. And I guess it gets warm, you know, with all the heat and stuff like that. So who knows? Uh, you probably didn't need to know that, but that's good stuff on a Monday morning, right? I'm going to be trying to buy cars today. Um, so, you know, when I look at my inventory and, and I see... Uh, some gaps here and there, you know, of maybe I need more small crossovers like CRVs, uh, Ford Escapes, um, Toyota, RAV4s, uh, so I, whatever I need, then I go online. And what I do is I have this search tool that enables me to, like, find all of a particular model that I'm looking for. And I can sort by miles and condition. Um this website is called Mannheim.com, and you can't look at it. I'm sorry. I hate to you know dangle something in front of you like that and then say, you can't have it. Um, but, yeah, you can go online and try to look at cars, but it won't do you any good. Um, and one of their websites is called OVE.com. I don't know what OVE stands for. All I know is that I can search the world over and um, find cars. I bought a lot of cars on OVE. Now, here's the deal. Uh-oh, that sounded like Joe Biden. So when, um, when you want to buy cars on OVE, you put in the make, model, year, and how far, how far do you want to drive? Or how far do you want to have to pay for transportation? I normally try to stick within a 500-mile radius. Sometimes I have to go out a little bit further than that. So because the transportation costs are really tough right now. As you can imagine, diesel fuel prices and availability of truck drivers is not real good. Although, coming back from Birmingham on the interstate last week, there's no shortage of trucks, um, as you can attest to. But So I look at the range, how far do I want to go, and then um, I start. I just hit the search button, and it finds a particular vehicle that I'm interested in. Um, and gives me multiple choices. Then I have to look at condition reports. Now, I can sort by that, too. So what's a condition report? Well, it's a third-party inspection. And um, some of the the cars, most of the cars on OVE have a third-party inspection from a company that I'm very familiar with that I can't remember their name. Um, But sometimes you will see just these these, uh, dealer inspection. I don't care what the dealer thinks about the car he's selling. I'd rather have an independent third party look at it. I mean, it's just like having your uncle appraise your house. Um, I don't care what my uncle thinks. I, I want an expert. And so uh, they they do a very thorough review. And then I buy this insurance. It's called Deal Shield. And so when I buy this car, if it's not as described or if there's a, 
I don't know, if I don't even like the way it looks, if the color doesn't hit me when it comes off the truck, I can send it back. Now, that costs about $200 a car. So if you're buying a car, uh, sorry, if you're buying a car cross-country, would you buy $200 of insurance or for insurance to make sure that it was going to be the right kind of car? Of course you would, unless you're a cheapo. But I would and did and do uh, because I want to make sure that I'm happy when it unloads. I've been very disappointed before, and uh, that kind of takes care of that. Now, also, when we actually physically go to the auction, we also have Deal Shield there. Now, if you abuse Deal Shield, uh, Deal Shield, which is a company, will cut you off. And uh, we got dangerously close to that. Apparently, my nephew was telling me uh, Deal Shield had called us with a warning. We're sending too many cars back, but I can't help it. You know, well, he can't help it. I mean, if, if somebody misrepresents a car and, you know, they, they say that, for example, the tires are perfect, there's no curb rash on the wheels, you know, no extra paint has been done to this vehicle. And then, you know, you got curb rash, your tires are worn out, and you got a dent in the side of it, then, you know, you send it back. Shame on the people who inspected it. But that's what I'm going to be doing today is I'm going to be uh, shopping online trying to buy cars. Now, well, anyway, aren't you just trading for your cars? Well, we do. We trade for a lot of cars. But, you know, when you're trading for cars, when you're selling cars, you can't really control your inventory. You can't control what you're getting. I mean, you may end up completely out of balance with trucks or, or you know, maybe you need, you need big trucks and you're trading for nothing but small trucks or you need uh, crossovers and, and SUVs and all you're trading for is, you know, Altimas and Honda Accords. And so... You know, you've got to be able to balance your inventory because you want people to uh, seek you out either online. You know, of course, most people get to us online. And so they shop and they see something that they want, and you've got to have kind of a wide selection. Right now, we don't. Our sales have been really good on used cars, and, and folks, you're wiping us out. So we're going to have to go find more cars. But the good thing about buying a car, cars from somebody like me or dealers like me is that you know we take our responsibility seriously. Uh, we don't want to sell problem cars. And so we really do the research on them. I mean, I'm always encouraging you folks to pull a Carfax, an auto check, uh, due diligence, you know, make sure that you know what you're buying. But we do all that before we buy cars too. You don't think I'm looking at an auto check before I buy a car? And I'm looking at Carfax too because sometimes there's uh, – you know, the information is different in the way it's shared. Also, pull warranty history. Another thing I recommend that you do, uh, you know, if you don't want the, the, the guru, El Sabio del Coche, on the, uh, that's Spanish for the car guru. If you don't want me on your side then, and you just want to do it yourself, fine, go ahead. Um, but you need to do the things that I would do, and then you'll be protected. We love being protected. Um, lots of ways to get taken advantage of, and one of them is buying a used car without doing the fundamental things. New cars, eh, you're pretty safe. Uh, you're protected by the manufacturer. Now, you know, you hear, see a lot of dealers that offer lifetime powertrain warranties. When you hear lifetime powertrain warranty, uh, who, who's that coming from? Is that coming from the factory? No. Uh, that is an insurance product that dealers buy um, that they pay for on all of their cars. The reason it's really 
cost effective? Cost the dealer about a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, that's it. But remember, it's just on the powertrain. And, um, you know, if you have a claim, you better have proven that you changed your oil on a regular basis. Because those companies that, that uh, they make sure that the customer does what they're, or that the person who bought the car and has a lifetime powertrain warranty, they make sure that you did what you're supposed to do. If you read the contract, it says you're supposed to maintain your car and retain receipts. And, and you don't have to go over and above the manufacturer's recommendations. But if you don't follow the manufacturer's recommendations and you don't um, you know, change your oil like you're supposed to and you don't keep records and you have a major engine failure, um, you're out of luck. Well, I thought it had a lifetime powertrain warranty. It does. But, you know, there's certain things that you have to do. you got to hold up your end of the bargain. But you know what most people do, right? They just sign the paperwork and stick it in the glove box, and they never look at it again. And a large percentage of the population doesn't maintain their vehicles. And that's why I have to be really careful buying cars. Because, okay, so you come to Gateway Ford, you buy a used car. Three days later, the motor blows up. We don't put lifetime powertrain warranties on our used cars. What's going to happen? Well, if you buy it at, at the wrong place, they're going to tell you to pack sand. I can't remember the first time I ever heard that uh, phrase, pack sand. That means go on. You're on your own. But um, I won't do that because, uh, you know, even within 30 days, if somebody has a major failure, I feel obligated to take care of it. I'm not legally obligated to do it, but that's just the way I do business. It's the way I've always done business. I don't always like it. Because who guessed wrong in that deal? Well, it's not the consumer. They shouldn't have to worry about any kind of risk buying a car from buying a used car from me or any new car dealer. I don't care what kind of warranty they buy. If they buy a car and the engine blows up in a very short period of time, I think it's uh, on the dealer to help with that. Now, when you look in the on the window sticker on the FTC label that's supposed to be in every used car, it will say it has two choices, warranty, or as is. Now, if you buy one as is, the dealer washes his hands as soon as you drive off the lot, legally. And, um, you know, I, I think it's not a bad idea uh, to buy like a deal shield for the consumer to think about buying an extended warranty on a used car or buy a certified used car. So I'm going to tell you, um, I'll give you a few tips about that here in just a minute. You know, I have a lot of life insurance, and it's because I own a business. There's a lot of real estate. There's, you know, I don't want my family to really struggle if, uh, or at all, you know, if something happens to me. There's just too much out there, and I want, I don't want the financial side of things to be a burden. You try buying life insurance when you're 65 and you've had, you know, two stints put in. It's about impossible especially the kind of numbers I'm talking about. So buy your life insurance when you're young, right, and get it paid for, and then you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. You know, and I, and I believe that insurance is a good thing, uh, and I think it's also good. Let's say that, that you are a payment buyer. I mean, let's say that, that, you know, you pretty much live paycheck to paycheck, and that's a lot of people. Um, now, sometimes we create that problem ourselves. I see so many people that just get in debt for a boat, and then they get in debt for a camper, and then they get in debt for their expedition, and 
they decide, well, we need a sports car, and they get in debt for that. And all of a sudden, you know, their outflow is, is a lot bigger than their inflow. And so, you know, when, when that kind of thing happens, if you have a major failure on a vehicle and it's out of warranty, you're, what are you going to do? I mean, you know what an engine costs? I mean, even if you buy a used engine for a, a you know, 2006 Chevy Silverado, 350 V8, find one for less than five grand. And then, then the labor, and that's a used engine with 120,000 miles on it. You put a new engine in it, it's 20, maybe a little less than that. But it's a lot of money, and you can't do it. I mean, it's, if you're, you know, unless you're just loaded. So that's why you buy an extended warranty, or a well, that's the kind of the generic term. It's actually called a service contract. It's not a warranty because only manufacturers of products can put warranties on things. At least that's what the federal government says. You know, it's a defect in material and workmanship. And uh, that's what warranties are designed to do. Now, a service contract is different. It's an agreement that if you have a failure, that the insurance company is going to step in and fix it for you, subject to a deductible. Um, but you need to make sure you know who you're buying the warranty from. Who's backing it? Well, if you buy a new uh, uh, used car from a new car dealer, they're probably going to sell you... You know, something like from Ford um, or from General Motors. They used to call them the GM Protection Plan. I don't know what they're called now. Um, but every Toyota, Honda, they have their uh, new car warranty uh, service contract that they can sell or their used car service contract that they can sell. Now, the difference is typically, um, you know, basically the coverage is more limited. You just got to make sure you understand what's covered and what's not. Now, if you buy a certified used car, they come with extra warranty on them. And that's just another, that's kind of a, certified used cars is a marketing, I wouldn't call it a gimmick because there is value there. I mean, the cars are supposed to be really inspected to a higher level, which I, I think that's baloney. We inspect all of our cars and make sure that they're right. We don't do any more for certified used cars than others. Basically, what you're doing is buying roadside assist, or you're getting thrown in, well, not really. Roadside assistance and a service contract that will cover you up to whatever, 100,000 miles, whatever the stipulation is. And the manufacturer is backing it. So if I sell you a certified used Nissan or something that's covered by their certified program, then Nissan's backing it up. Um, now, there are also sort of non-manufacturer-based certification programs. There are, in other words, they're just insurance companies out there that are willing to say, hey, we'll get in this game. We'll, we'll certify, let you certify cars and put the nice pretty flags on them and say that they're certified. And uh, customers get really nice, warm, fuzzy feelings when they buy a certified. Oh, this is certified. Oh, it must be worth more money. Well, it should be just a little bit, and you will pay for that. Um, if you have two cars sitting side by side, a Ford Fusion, let's say it's a 2016 Ford Fusion, sitting beside a 2016 Ford Fusion. Same miles and everything, one certified, one, one is not. Same car, they probably perform just as, one just as good as the other. The other one, the certified car has a warranty on it, or a service contract that says, you know, and it will be for a certain amount of term. And, of course, you read all the pamphlets and all that stuff, and it says they've been inspected more, and they've been through, you know, all this rigmarole. And uh, maybe they have. Um, I'll tell you what, certified European cars like BMWs and Porsches and stuff like that. I wouldn't buy a used Porsche without 
making sure that it's certified. But see, their programs are a lot more expensive on the dealer, add a lot more to the price. Um, and, and a lot of those dealers now are just simply one price dealers. If you go, if you look at Harper, go to Harper Porsche or Harper Jaguar or whatever, all of their used cars are one price. In other words, if you say, well, I'll give you this, they'll say, sorry, we only do one price and that's it. If you don't want it, then you can't buy it. I know that's, I don't, they would probably find a better way to say it than that. That's somewhat condescending. But, you know, there, I know I'm, I'm kind of going around. Just I just want to under, you to understand that uh, if you buy a used car and it says as is, you're out of luck unless you buy it from a dealer that, that is going to stand behind it. And quite frankly, most dealers aren't going to. Uh, I'm very concerned. You know, I'm a single-point dealer in Greenville, Tennessee. I've got Nissan and Ford. Been here 50 years. Now, I've been involved in a lot of different dealerships. At one time, I was either... I was a full owner or part owner of like, I don't know, five dealerships at one time. And I already told you, I admit it, I wasn't very good at that. I'm, uh, people that I worked with are really good at that and have gone on to great things. But I'm, that was just not my thing. I'm more of a single point, single store guy, and I love taking care of individuals. And so when somebody has a problem with the car, they're going to come see my daughter or me or my nephew, Max. And we're going we're gonna to we're gonna do something. You know, it, if it's been like you bought it as is, okay, and you didn't maintain the car, you didn't change oil, or, you know, the car's all beat up and nasty and stuff like that, you're going to come up and say, hey, I want you to pay for this. I'm probably not going to. And you say, well, I thought you were concerned about your reputation. I said, I think both of us have a responsibility in this regard. You should have changed your oil. Um. They'll probably still get mad and say, I'll never buy another car from that Lenny Lawson guy. But if you've maintained your car and taken care of it, I'm going to do something. I may not be able to pay for all of it, but I'll pay for the parts or something like that. It's just, I'm not trying to be a martyr here. Please don't take it as that because that's not what I'm I'm doing. It's it's just, a, I guess, a different philosophy of business. And, uh, you know, I look at the five uh, pillars of of any business, price, product, service, access, and experience. And if you're not taking care of the service side and the experience side, then you're going to lose customers. And it costs a whole lot more to get a new customer than it does to to retain an old one. And I'd, I'd just rather keep you. I'm jealous. Okay, I'll be back here in just a minute. Last note here, don't overpay for a warranty. If you know, if you go to a dealership and you're buying a used car and they're trying to sell you a like a three year thirty six or a four year forty eight fifty thousand or something like that, and they're wanting to charge you, I don't know, twenty five hundred to thirty five hundred dollars for that, that's too much. You know, you would be better off just to roll the dice. You know, a warranty like that, you know, fifth I don't know, eighteen hundred maybe to low twos, depending on the term. Now, if you buy a used car that is still under the manufacturer's warranty, sometimes they will let you buy a warranty up to like 100,000 miles. Like if the car was brand new, you could buy a service contract probably up to, um, I don't know, seven years, 120,000. I don't know what the longest terms are out there now. I'm a little bit out of touch on that because they've changed it. Heck, they're financing cars now for 120 months. When I got in the business, I mean, if somebody had to finance a car 36 months, you looked at them crossways. 
or cross-eyed. Uh, well, not, probably not, 36 months, maybe 40, 48. I remember uh, Hoot Gibson was the guy that worked at Green County back, back in the old days, and I would call in a, a credit application, and, and sometimes I would call it in, and, and he knew just about everybody, and sometimes he would just start horse laughing. So what are you laughing about, Hoot? He said, this guy won't pay anybody, but he'll pay me. Fix him up. And, you know, it's, it's nice to have that, that kind of uh, connection and, and knowledge. But Hoot would not finance anybody beyond 42 months. If they had to go 48, forget it. And he wanted at least 20% down. Well, not, well, you know, most people don't have 20% down, and they just finance it all. And, uh, you know, I always recommend that you try to pay 20% down. And, but see, times have changed, though, because cars aren't depreciating right now. But they will. Just wait. It, you know, it's not going to be that long. But I, I really, when I look in my crystal ball, cars are not going to depreciate like they used to. I don't ever see the big supply thing happen again, you know, because it's just too painful for dealers and for rental car companies and for the car makers. They found out that they can make a whole lot more money making fewer cars, not cramming them down dealers' throats where, you know, the inventories are piling up and all of a sudden they have to put on five to $10,000 rebates on stuff to make it sell. They would rather sell everything at MSRP and have a really, you know, maybe a 30-day supply of, of inventory on the ground, and life is good. And I think that's the way it's going to stay, and what that will do is keep used car values up. I mean, when all these rental car companies are buying gazillions of cars from the manufacturers just to keep the plants open and turning those things at dealer auctions every 90 days, and we're going and buying like a bunch of hungry animals to buy, you know, a bunch of Corsicas um, for our lot and, and you know, worried about how cheap we're going to get them, um, then that drives down values, and you wonder why somebody buys a car and it loses 50% of its value in two years. I don't think we have to worry about that anymore, hopefully. Well, anyway, I hope you learned something from El Sabio. Let's see, what, what is it my Spanish name? Um, yeah, El, El Sabio de Coche. That's me, the car guru. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.